Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Well, we continue our look at the life of David here this morning. And you think, well, how does this fit in with Memorial Day? It's a strange scripture, but when you hear the story in its entirety, or you read it in its entirety, you see that David helped out these this guy, Nabal. And after the protection detail was over, this guy just said, oh, I don't, I don't know you. I don't, I don't know who you are. And that's kind of the way the world thinks. That's the way many organizations think. Sure, you're right there helping out. You lend a helping hand. But after the project is done, be gone. And unfortunately, that's the way of the world. It's, I remember whenever, I remember you, and I'm nice to you whenever I need your help. Other than that, I don't need to have anything to do with you. That is the way of the world. That's not the way of Christ. And in particular, we see something interesting occurring here in chapter 25 this morning. If you recall from last week in, in chapter 24, David is hiding out in a cave from Saul. Saul is out to get him. Saul goes into the cave. David has a chance to kill the king. But he doesn't. Instead, he just cuts off a piece of his robe. And after he he cuts off the piece of the robe, David is filled with guilt that he cut the king's robe. He attacked God's anointed one. So David exits the cave, confesses to the king, confesses to Saul, what he has done. See, David knew that Saul was God's chosen king at that time. And it would be clear to David whenever Saul was to no longer be king and David would assume the throne. David had to learn that lesson, to listen to your conscience. That was last week. Well, again, this week, David has a lesson to learn. As I said in chapter four, uh, chapter 24, David had the chance to kill the king, but didn't do it. In chapter 26, David again has a chance to kill the king, but he doesn't do it. But look what happens here in chapter 25. David is being the aggressive one. He's ready to kill this guy just because of an insult. And you know, at some point in all of our lives, we've said something or we've thought something like this. I'll get you for that. No doubt about it. You'll regret the day you did that to me. Or you know what? I don't get mad. I get even. We've all said stuff like that. When people mistreat us, our human sinful nature takes over and we want to seek revenge. We want to give people a taste of their own medicine. And you know, in school there's really a big anti-bullying campaign, especially in the elementary level, but also on the secondary level. Anti-bullying, you know. If, if you see someone bullying another kid, you're supposed to go tell your parents, tell other adults, tell the teacher. 
But so often bullying is a problem in school, and, and it's a little guy that gets picked on, or a little guy that gets picked on, and who does he pick on then? Well, he goes and he tries to bully someone smaller than him. It's a vicious cycle. It's our own sinful nature. We want to give them a taste of their own medicine. Although we don't just want to give them a taste. We want to give them a mouthful. See, we don't want to just get even. We want to kick it up a notch. We want to get even plus a little something extra. That's our human nature. That's the way of the world. And that's exactly what we see David doing here this morning. David is insulted by Nabal. And he's ready to seek vengeance. See, David and his, David and his men were out protecting Nabal and his, his men while they watched their flock. He was out looking after them, and no harm came to them. But here, the, the time comes that uh, they shear the sheep. It's a big celebration, a big festival. And David kind of uh, sends his men out to say, hey, you know, we're going to join the party too. We, we protected you while you were out in the, in the fields watching over your flock. We protected you. Hey, let us join in the celebration. He wasn't asking for much. He was just saying, hey, give us some food and, and we'll have some fun while we're here and we're, we're going to move on. Nabal insulted David. He said, who are you? I don't know who you are. I'm not going to give you any food. I'm not going to let you participate in the fun. That's all he did. Just, a, just an insult, a slap in the face. David gets extremely angry. What does he tell his men? He says, strap on your swords. Here's David, a man of God, a man after God's own heart, ready to go and kill another man, and not just this man, but he was going to wipe out every male in this household. So the family line ends. He was going to literally destroy the family. Kind of like you would see in some, some old Godfather Mafia movie. Talk about vengeance. See what I mean? We don't just get even. Our human nature kicks it up a notch. We show that we mean business. You messed with the wrong guy. That's what David did. He did the same thing. Thankfully, there's this beautiful woman that steps in she steps up to the plate and she averts disaster. See, Nabal was this rough, tough-looking guy. And apparently he's not too swift. Most names, even though in the, in the American culture, our names don't really mean anything. Our names are just our name. But if you look at other cultures, Asian, African, and so on, names mean something. There's a meaning to the name. Nabal's name actually means fool. So I don't know what his mother was thinking when they named the kid, but that's what his name was. Judging from his actions, his name fits. But his wife Abigail, on the other hand, was very beautiful, very intelligent. Some of Nabal's servants there saw how David was treated. So they immediately went to Abigail and said, Hey, look what happened. We're going to be in a world of hurt. Because David's coming. 
So she immediately raced into action and she provided all this food and supplies and she actually met David out and his men in route to kill all the men. See, she knew who David was. Most people did. She knew that David was God's next king of Israel. And like most wives, she obviously knew her husband as well. But Abigail humbly comes before David and asks for mercy. David blesses her for her discretion, her wisdom, and her bravery. David lets her return in peace, and he does not attack Nabal or anybody from his family. When Abigail returns to the the home, she finds her husband drunk out of his mind. So she decides just to leave him alone, let him sleep this one off, and she'll tell him what she did the next day. And the next morning, whenever he kind of wakes up, I wouldn't imagine it was too early, but Nabal gets up, Abigail comes to him and tells him what she did. He has a heart attack and a stroke, which left him paralyzed for a few days before he died. Interesting. When David finds out that Nabal died, David goes and marries Abigail. And of course, as I've said before, it would be a nice ending to the story to say, and everyone lived happily ever after. But that's not the case. For one reason, David was already married when he took Abigail as his wife also. And as we'll see, David also takes on several other wives as well. But this is really quite a story. And there's lessons that we can learn from it today. One, as I said, being Memorial Day is remember the nice things that people did have, that do for you and have done for you. Remember the people that have been out there providing for you, protecting for you, protecting, watching over you. And so often we, we forget that. We have very short memories of those things. But also there's a, you know another lesson there. In, in verses 12 and 13, David says, when his young, you know, David said, when his young men turned away and came back and told him all this, David said, strap on your sword. Gets insulted, he wants revenge. He wants to prepare for battle. Notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't think about the situation. He doesn't ask his friends what he should do. He doesn't ask his advisors what he should do. He doesn't ask his wife for her opinion. He doesn't show mercy to this man. But worst of all, he doesn't go to God and ask him what he wants done. Now, for us, you know, it really wouldn't be such a big deal, but to the Israelites, there was a custom. Everything was very honorable. And, and a child that insulted uh, his father could literally be put to death. So there's this, there's this really idea of honor and tradition uh, in the, in the, with the Israelites. And David's honor was, was drastically insulted by this man. 
But David doesn't check in with God. He doesn't stop to think about what he was about to do. He simply says, get your weapons, men. Let's roll. And he takes 400 men with him to go and wipe out this family. And you know, when we react to the situation without seeking the counsel of others, and for sure not God, we can have disastrous results as well. Think before you do something. Check in with God on the matter. See what He wants done. There's a reason why we're in this particular situation. See what God wants us to learn from this experience. And I think again, in this situation with David, the lesson he had to learn was to trust God. Yes, this man insulted the next king's honor. And no doubt, according to the Jewish law, he probably would have gotten the death penalty. But it wasn't up to David to do it right then and there. God works in his own way. And we see this man dying. See, God knows what he's doing. He's got a plan for each and every one of us. And he actively pursues that plan. His will shall be done. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And we need to leave things up to God to take care of. That doesn't mean we just sit on our recliner at home and kick back and relax and watch some TV. We do need to take an active part in God's plan, but we need to make sure that we're participating in God's plan. Not our own plan. And let Him work on His schedule and His timetable. One of the things that we see in the news periodically is, is Christians that take an active role in the protest of abortion clinics. Unfortunately, they're oftentimes not carrying out God's will with the things that they say and the things that they do. They're following their plan. They're doing what they think is right. They're not doing what God wants. And in fact, no doubt, some of them are being used by Satan to make the name of God look bad. Looking at our story this morning, in the end, how did things turn out? Nabal died. He insulted God's anointed one and he died. And we'll see the same thing happens to Saul. I don't want to give away the ending here, but we'll see the same thing in the coming weeks happens to Saul as well. So you can't run from God. You can't hide from God. God is very patient. God is love. God is kind. And He'll wait for you and wait for you and wait for you, but eventually your time will be up. Nabal and Saul did not respect David. They did not respect God. They did not respect His chosen one. And both men died. The issue for us this morning, this week, on this Memorial Day weekend, is to look at the way we treat others, a 
especially when they mistreat us. Think about how trusting the situation to God can change your attitude and action involving that person. And remember, maybe you're, maybe for some reason you're not on good terms with someone that you used to be on good terms with. Maybe you were the best of friends at one point in time, but something happened. Well, get over that hatred. Get over that anger. Get over that disappointment, that sadness, whatever it might be. And remember who that person is and was to you. As we read from the New Testament, from the Gospels, we see if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If your enemy is thirsty, give him something to drink. Love your enemies. That's what David should have done. That's what Jesus tells us to do. I know it's a hard thing to do, no doubt about it. But it's what God wants. It's what Christ wants. It's what Christ did as he lived his life. So let us try to do that this week. Let's close with a prayer this morning. Lord, we ask for forgiveness this morning for those that we have wronged. And we ask for the strength and courage and grace to show love, mercy, and forgiveness to those that have wronged us. Help us to better trust you with our lives each and every day. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you now and forever, that we pray and give thanks. Amen.